Hello and welcome to Duelist Unity Raw, episode 37. I am a shitty ass salesman. And I know that. <laughs> and I'll wear that. I've I've worked on it. I've gotten better. And I think really it comes from uh a, a deep lack of confidence that I used to embody, a perception of myself um that I'm I've certainly come out of. I've I've made a lot of progress in that, but there's still there's still uh remnants of that certainly and it's not to say that there's ever a point that there's going to be a full full-on letting go of it and it's also not to say that there's anything wrong with it and that's something i'm starting to realize even more because you know if, if maybe i was a great salesman i would be a menace to society and i don't know and so to think that there's anything wrong with something that i perceive to be a limitation or something that i perceive to be working on or the thought that oh i have to accept this because something wrong with it and i just have to accept it and then it'll be fine it's like or maybe there's nothing wrong with it maybe it's perfectly in its place maybe you're always in flow maybe you're always it and so maybe it's not so much about accepting it even it's just letting go of the idea that there's anything to accept i personally feel very good about the fact that you are a shitty salesman in the same way that i would feel really good about the fact that you're a shitty liar at the end of the day because it means you're being yourself it means you're being truthful it means you're being authentic I will be the first one to tell you I'm a damn good salesman. I know how to lie. Absolutely. I survived for a great many years on lies and manipulation and need. So I know how to do it. And it's the reason that I'm so very careful about it. It's the same reason that a lot of alarm companies will go out of their way to hire ex-cons to investigate whether the alarm works. And so I look at myself as kind of an insider into the manipulative world of the ego and all of the weird shit that happens there that you can justify. So I think between the two of us, me through striving for a constant state of authenticity, regardless of my past in the deep end of the dark side, and you unable to lie and unwilling to even try. And so I think between the two of us, we make a good podcast. We cover a lot of ground and it's a lot of fun despite the fact that we meander all over the place, because I think that's the point is that there is nothing for us to sell here. We're not trying to sell anything. If we were, that would be something we don't want you to listen to. That would be something that we hope you would be skeptical of. There is no end point. There is no secret. There is no technique. There is no product that you must buy. It is the ongoing question of whether or not you are what you think you are and the discussion that revolves around that. That's not something that we could ever sell to you. It's something that you have to have the courage to participate in. And you do. So with all that said, I hope you enjoyed this live stream. That is Duelist Community Raw, episode 37. All right. Monday morning. We don't have a guest today. I'm not feeling quite as randy in terms of wanting to complain about things. So that's a nice start to the morning. But I do want to take a moment to give a shout out to one of our community members who went out of their way because they want to go to a dualistic unity retreat so badly because the community means so much to them. And it, honestly, we've talked to this person frequently. They're fantastic. They always add insight and depth to everything we discuss, but they can't necessarily get the funds together to get to the Netherlands on their own. And so they created a GoFundMe page. And we're asking that the community, if you can, Give them a hand, five, 10, 20 bucks, doesn't have to be much, or even just spread the link around. Uh, the person I'm talking about, of course, is AJ. You can find the link to his GoFundMe 
on our website under events in the navigation bar. Uh, if you're on our Discord, you can find the link there in Patreon, uh, no, not Patreon stuff, sorry, in retreat plans. Uh, you'll find the link to AJ's GoFundMe there. Uh, a number of community members have already helped him and we are very, very grateful for that. Uh, so if you can give AJ a hand, I'm sure he would be very appreciative. Yeah, I'm uh, really hoping we can get AJ there. Love chatting with him on the Patreon calls. And he's, yeah, big, uh, big time Duelist Unity supporter. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be funny because that, uh, what is it now? Uh, it's like nine, eight months till that retreat. And we're already below that. If 34, nine, it's like 20, eight percent of the tickets are already sold <laughs> and they've been public for like a week so yeah if you're interested do not wait hop on that if you're not but you still want to support you got aj give him toss him a couple dollars to uh help him get there and yeah just i don't know i'm, I'm pumped for it and excited to uh excited to chat today and I'm, I'm pretty high right now too so i'm like relaxing into it <laughs> but anyway uh yeah yesterday's chat with scott was a lot of fun uh we were <laughs> pretty pretty uh got pretty aggressive with things but we we caveated everything i think during it which was awesome so uh but yeah it doesn't mean that our message wasn't uh well thought out and well-intentioned and yeah because as much as sometimes things feel like we're being aggressive about something sometimes that's what it needs you need a little bit of aggression a little bit of oomph behind it to really get the message across so yeah for that i'm sure a lot of people are gonna enjoy that episode a lot and appreciate it um some but, may not yeah and that's, some okay. May not. that's okay and and specifically i say that's okay because that's life like you're gonna have to take stuff from time to time and i think it's so important that one recognizes that their idea of someone or their expectations of someone or their perception of someone is never the complete truth. It's never the whole picture. Like we always have this, and, and we talk about this frequently, you know, this picture of someone who is in a state of perfect enlightenment and we never imagine them like bashing their toe and going, fuck, like we never, we never picture that in our head. We see them bashing their toe and like breathing calmly. Like it's just, it's so inhuman. And so it's really important to recognize that everybody has a day where they're feeling a little fiery, everyone, right? And that's okay to embrace that, feel it, process it, do that whole thing. So um, I did want to cover one more thing very quickly because I've been talking to a lot of our new community members and there are a lot of new community members. Hi, everyone. I just wanted to say, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, but I've noticed that a lot of the questions that I've been getting from these new community members are questions that we actually had addressed early on in the podcast. And it's because everybody's jumping on board to episode one, season one. And that's great because admittedly, season one is a deep dive. It is a psychedelic trip from start to finish. It's the deepest shit that I could throw into Andrew's view when I met him where he was at the time. And he took it like a fucking champ. But by season two, he wasn't fucking around anymore. Now Andrew was in the shit. Now Andrew was fully aware of what the fuck we were talking about for the most part. And he was exploring it. And so in my opinion, season two is a lot of fun, but it also gets 
really, really deep into the, into a lot of the things that we talk about frequently here on raw, but more so because we really did take our time to unpack it. Season two is 21 episodes. It's a long season and it's because we go into a lot of serious topics. Uh, my favorite being the big one where we're literally talking about how society might fall. <laughs> uh, the dream uh, lucid living is a fantastic episode. If you want to trip the fuck out uh, cycles within cycles, we started the round tables in season two. So our, initial four roundtables are in that season and they very much set the pace for what is now our group discussions, our roundtables with our Patreon supporters. There's so many good juicy insights in season two. I do recommend that you go back and you check it out. And of course, if you are a fan of the non-dual radical philosophy message, I do encourage you to check out episode nine, Beyond Words, uh, where we spoke to somebody who is a, a card-carrying member of that philosophy. Uh, that's a good way to good way to put it. But yeah, definitely, it, it's interesting because people see podcasts and they're like they want to go back. Usually, and I do the same thing. Like if I come across a new one, it's like you go to the first episode, maybe listen to the second and you're like, all right, I got a feel for what they're talking about. And then you jump because you want to be you know, caught up and go to the existing ones. And that is not how dualist community is structured at all. It is very much a journey as we did our best to express in our new little trailer we put out there um, just to give some, some context to everything that we're talking about. Because if you start with season one, it's like, that's a month after Ray and I met, we had just started talking about it. I was like fresh, and wide-eyed and bushy-tailed into getting into this conversation and obviously that conversation has shifted a lot um over the over the seasons but it's not something you can just skip around like as much as we as much as we don't structure the episodes we don't talk about what we're going to talk about whether it's a live stream or an existing episodes we, something i think is funny too is before we have guests and even like we've had some pretty famous people on the podcast and we don't meet before the guests. Like I know that other podcasts that have two hosts definitely like think about all the questions they ask. They come up with questions together. Like Ray and I don't speak at all before those episodes, which I find hilarious, but that's how we've done every episode. We've never met before to be like, all right, let's, uh, let's strategize this one a little bit. It's like, Let's hop on. Maybe Ray has something to say. Maybe I have something to say. We don't know what each other has to say. A lot of times both of us come to it and we're like, I have no idea what we're going to talk about today, but we're going to talk about stuff. And so as much as that is the case, the seasons and the episodes within the seasons do have a flow to them because it is organic, because it isn't some curated thing where we plan beforehand and think like, okay, this is a topic we should cover. It's just what comes out of reality, what was ex being expressed through reality in each of those weeks and, and time periods. And so throughout it, you know, as much as Ray has grown throughout the podcast, like I have definitely made a lot of shifts and changes and, and deepened my understanding of everything that we talk about. And it's very much a progression throughout the season. Season one had a ton of questions, just nothing but questions starting to get it. But there was a lot of like, I don't really know what you're talking about right there and continuing on with the conversation like that. 
season two, as Ray said, like I, I started to get a feel for it. It was, there were still questions. There were still things that I definitely didn't get super well, but I was willing to explore it because I was exploring it in my own life. I was able to come to the podcast and be like, all right, so this one makes a lot more sense now because you know whether it's something I sat on, pondered for a bit, or I had a big mushroom trip and I was like, you know, I, like I said once, Ray makes so much more sense when I'm tripping my balls off. Um, and so season two is a lot of that, you know, exploration into some of the stuff we discussed in season one, but I'm, I'm starting to digest it a little bit more. And then season three, season four, there's lots more shifts there too. Um, but yeah, just to reiterate, dual security is not like a typical typical podcast where it's like, you know, there's a topic here and there. There are in the community topics. That's part of the reason that we covered those. And there's like close to 60 topics that we've covered through those now. So if you have specific ones, you can search like dual security, blah, blah, blah. Or on YouTube, we have a specific playlist that shows all the community topics. So um, there's a lot of specific stuff covered there. But Besides that, if you're, you know, you're intrigued by episode one, two, three, and everything we discussed there, we just get deeper and deeper into those recognitions, explore them in different ways, talk about them in different ways throughout, especially season two, getting into season three, we had more guests. So there was like a different kind of exploration there. But um, yeah, season two, I think is very, very important if you're enjoying the uh, process of it, because it is a consistently unraveling journey uh throughout our experience and, and discussions we cover so it's not one you want to just bounce around and, and click on uh there's definitely a flow to each each season and each episode oh for sure and i don't know if everybody is aware of this because we got so lost in doing community topics episodes we actually have two q a episodes they exist uh, they were at the end of season one and in season two, uh, where we field, I think it's like 15 to 20 questions in each of those episodes. They're two, two and a half hours long. Just one question after another. They were a lot of fun. They were actually what inspired the community topics episodes because we started to realize that there were so many questions that we couldn't just wait, let them pile up. We thought it'd be more fun to just do them week by week. And so that's where community topics came from. But uh, I'll admit it's funny because... I have a history of programming. I learned how to program when I was very young. I, I took to it like a fish to water. Uh, something about the way that my brain works is just great and happy when it comes to complex problems that I break down into small functional parts over a large programming block, basically, or a large um, function itself. Like I enjoy problem solving and I can always see how things kind of step into stages. You remember learning flowcharts in school? Yeah. Did you ever like them? Uh, yeah. Wait, which ones are those again? So flowcharts like... are like logical programming flowcharts where basically you have an arrow and it comes down and either you have like a triangle or you've got a square, depending on what the function is. Like if it's an if then it'll go like this way or that way, basically like if, if else. And then, so it follows down. And so you got numerous different directions that are all happening in logical sequential, all of that shit just maps itself out in my head. Like typically I've always been that kind of person. I used to just like, I wouldn't draw flowcharts. I would just see them. And then I'd just start programming. That was just how it went. And so having this conversation for as long as I've had, I've recognized where 
I guess the progression works better in a lot of ways, but I never get to have the long conversation I'd like to have. I've never had the long conversation I'd like to have from the state that I was in just before I met you. I thought that was really interesting. And so when we started talking, I'll admit my brain just went, okay, where do we start? Like, what's the foundational shit? And then the next conversation would be like, all right. And I'd be listening to you. Okay. From there, this is the next thing that I can think of. And so all of season one is just me throwing everything, but season two, there's way more involvement. Like I, I find the conversations went back and forth way more and you were throwing shit out of left field. Like you were really exploring it. And this is why I, encur- I want to encourage everyone, everyone who is going through that phase season two, go and check out season two. Absolutely. And we'd love your feedback, of course. But there are a lot of big questions that we took on in season two. A lot. And I think a lot of people are missing that just because they're so excited to get to the newer stuff. And I get that. I do. I'm not saying, you know, don't pay attention to these. Just maybe from time to time. Check out season two. I think you'll enjoy it. I'm done saying that now. I want to talk about something else (laughs) quickly on a tangent. Um, So I'm 43. And... I spent a long time going through some physical stuff, like physical ailments. I, I had a lot of injuries from the past. I'm, I'm not exactly the smartest person when it comes to, to like doing work and stuff, or at least I wasn't when I was younger. So I would always push hard and, and of course, strain my body and, and do all that as, as well as numerous other things. But so what I'm saying is that the physical environment that I inhabit at the moment sucked to a large degree. It wasn't great. I worked with it. I was teaching martial arts. I was doing all that, but there was always aches and pains. And there was stuff that I had just more or less reconciled was just part of my life now. And over the last three years, I have slowly, incrementally found the parts of my body that hurt when I move them and very subtly focused in on moving them very subtly little bit at a time, exercising extreme patience, like to the point of feeling the beginning of the pain, but not pushing past it. Because again, these are all things that I had decided were never going to move again. Like I'm specifically talking about my shoulder, my back and my hip, right? All twisted to shit. (laughs) Even my chiropractor friend, he took an x-ray of me and this was his response. Oh, Ray, what did you do? Like, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. That was his response. And so I had more or less just decided that that pain was going to be a part of my life. I'm just going to have to favor that side, blah, 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 blah. But that's not the case. I, I really want to stress this, especially for anybody who's going through some physical disabilities and some, some physical pain and things like that. It's not to say that there isn't a physical limitation necessarily. Like, again, I'm 43. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not 16. Like, I, I get that. So I have to address my body differently. But with some patience and some attention, you'd be surprised exactly how little the narrative you've told yourself is true, that there is some mobility that's possible, that there is at least a little bit of pain relief that is possible, but it's through going through that pain. Like for me, if I'm stretching out my right side, everything, I feel it right into my eye. Like, and, and, and I've lost 85% of the uh, vision in this side of my face or in this eye. And it's because the optic nerve has been crushed as very much what happened previously, I've got the pressure down now. But all of that is connected to the fact that my right side is in a constant state of tension, constant. 
habitually because of certain injuries over time. And so I find it really interesting that I've always avoided stretching it out because I feel it in my eye. It's like somebody just dragging you from the back of your eyeball. It sucks. It's really not a fun feeling at all. So you stretch slowly, gently, in different ways, in different directions. And most importantly, you stop telling yourself it's not possible. You stop telling yourself you're fucked. That's really it. And so I just wanted to mention this to people who feel hopeless because it hurts. Yeah, it does. That's not that I'm not going through pain still. But the pain has either become more manageable or it's lessened. I'm not sure which it is. By leaning into it a bit more, by not being as afraid of it, by allowing myself to stretch it out and, and to try and add some fluidity to that tension, to that locked up feeling like it's just beyond moving. Like everybody knows who, what I'm talking about when if they're experiencing this for sure. Um, just don't give up hope have some patience, breathe. Don't try to get anywhere, right? This is the thing. Try and look at it in the long term. Like when I, when I lie down and stretch, I'm not trying to fix my back today, immediately. If anything, if I can make 0.001 of a percent today, then tomorrow it'll be 0.002. And a thousand days from now, it'll be, it'll be one, right? And that's kind of the point is that at least it's something, which is better than nothing. It's better than going in the other direction. But this doesn't apply just to your physicality, does it? This applies to your ego. This applies to all of the things that you're, you're fragile about, that hurt all your triggers, all that. Don't be afraid to poke around in there a little bit, a little bit. Okay? You'll, you'll gain confidence and strength and you'll realize that you're not as limited as you think. Yeah, it's interesting how quickly we settle upon you know, the self given limitations like rather than remaining uncertain about what it, what's going to happen to it where where it's going to go we just settle like oh yes this is it you know going to be forever and it's because we want that certainty even though it's despite being so limiting we'd rather settle upon that and so if you can remain open to the potentials the possibilities and i think very much keeping that long-term perspective is key for everything like everything you do at that that's something that has helped me a lot with content too like i love making content but like any content creator will say you know sometimes you get caught up in the numbers or whatever and it happens from time to time and the thing that helps me the most if i do get caught up in that is taking a step back realizing this is what i love to do so there isn't any need to try and get it to a place because if I just keep doing it in the way that I'm doing it now, stay enthusiastic about it, which is a lot more difficult when you're focusing on things you know outside of your influence, being numbers and followers or whatever it may be, and and just relax into the recognition that if this is what I love doing, I'm chilling doing this for the next ten years, and if I can be doing it for the next 10 years, inevitably, there's going to be all different sorts of changes that I have no idea what's going to happen. And it's it's a lot more, it's a lot easier to settle into that sort of patience when you enjoy what you're doing, like when you're doing it for the sake of doing it, as opposed to doing it for some ulterior motive. And I guess that goes for the, for the physical nature of it too, like doing it to get to a place in which you don't feel it as much is going to kind of create these, this impatience and desire to be in a spot. And because you're not going to be as focused in 
on the feelings that you have. Like you're not going to be honed in on the body part as much. You're not going to be as attentive to it because again, that attention is split. You know, the, the Archer story, tension split, half your attention is on the prize of not feeling this anymore. If you can just focus on the feeling on the thing that you're doing, if it's content focus on the video that you're making or the tweet that you're tweeting or the podcast that you're filming or whatever it may be, it's going to be way easier to get to that place that you want to get to, but it's going to be a lot harder to do so when half your attention is focused on that, because that means half your attention, only half of your attention is on the thing that you're doing, which is the thing that gets you to that place. Focusing on the place isn't ever what gets you to the place. If, if, if anything, it takes you further from it because you're not able to give as much attention to the thing that you're doing. But we don't think about that very often. Like we really don't think about the fact that we have, you know, if our attention is a pie chart, something, we have a hundred percent attention. And if we're focused on things that aren't what the thing is that is going to get us to that place that we want to get, if we're focused on the place we want to get, that takes a piece of that pie out. And then you have a limited amount of attention energy you can give to the thing that's actually going to get you there. So people talk about goals and whatnot and how they're necessary, but it's like, yeah, for, to give you that direction. But if it's more than that, it's like giving it that direction takes out a little tiny sliver of that pie, focusing on it and, and thinking that that's someplace. And every day waking up in the morning be like, these are all my goals. This is how I need to get there. That's taking a bigger chunk out of that pie. It's not necessary. It's going to slow down your progress. doesn't mean you're going to stop making progress, but it's going to be a hindrance to a degree because you're not able to spend as much attention and energy on that thing, no matter what the thing is. doesn't matter. The more you can focus on it, the quicker you're going to get to where you're going to get. may not be where you want to get, but it's going to be the best place to be when you get there. <laughs> My God, that's the actual kicker though, isn't it? When it comes to especially when we're talking about like the deeper insights, when we start talking about you know, the, I am part of everything insights, not, not, not the concepts. That's not what I mean. I mean, those genuine <gasps> moments where you can't help it like almost shit your pants because it seems so fucking obvious. You're just like, what, how have I missed this? And it's always a result of having that excess energy of having that excess attention there, of just not thinking about your shit, not thinking about yourself, not thinking about your narrative. It's always in a moment where you're relaxed. That is so difficult to understand. It's frustrating. It's annoying. Like there's a lot of different feelings you have about that entire mechanism over time, for sure. Like, what? I have to stop trying? It's like, correct. Because what you're doing when you're trying is resisting relax. Like, okay. I'm going to try and relax. That is not what I said. It's that difficult, right? Because we don't understand, but it's kind of like uh, when I was in salesmanship and we were doing all these workshops and stuff. Anyway, this guy comes in and uh, he drops a pen on the floor and he's like, you know, I, wa I want you to try and pick up this pen. So of course guy bends down to pick it up. He's like, that's not what I said. I said, I want you to try and pick up that pen. The guy picks it up. He's like, you're not trying. You picked it up. That was the lesson. There is no try. Do it or don't. Right? You're either doing it or you're not. You know, so that's kind of dualistic unity in a nutshell. Right? Like either we are sitting here doing it 
or we are planning it and then we're not doing it. The tone of dualistic unity changes when it starts to become something that needs to be something later instead of just this conversation now, right? But the same is true for their insights moment to moment. It's not until where you are is enough that you can see more of where you are. Boom. And that's that clarity that's on the other side of the letting go of the resistance to where you're at. Like we always are in a situation where like, I don't want to be here. And so like that, that desire to not be where you're at is the veil that's blocking you from recognizing all of the options that you do have in order to get out of that situation. But you have to let go of your desire to get out of it. And it's so counterintuitive all the time. But yeah, like if there's anything that dualistic unity has been, it's just the continued process of doing it. Like, and that's it. Like we, we, out of all of the time that we have spent on dualistic unity, cumulative time, the, the doing versus planning is like, I don't know, planning's maybe 0.00001% when you, when you put together all of our episodes, live streams, time we've talked, meetings we've had, like, videos we've made all of it like it's it's the most minuscule amount of planning because we're just doing it and the process is unfolding as we go we're finding out more as we go like we're doing it live all the time the entire time dual unity has just been doing it live and and as certain things come up like every every thing we've added also hasn't been very few have been from meetings and like planning sessions. They've all just been like, I have a thought. Why don't we, why don't we do this? Should we start a discord? Should we start a Patreon? Hey, people are, people are requesting a lot of stuff. Should we do a community topics dealio? And it's just like on the fly. It's like, yeah, we could do that. Should we do a workshop on this? Yeah, we can do that. And it's just like, as we go, it's like a quick conversation. Yeah, why not? Should we do a retreat? It's like, yeah, sounds like a good thing to do in a couple of years. Like, how about six months? Like, that too. That too sounds good. All right. <laughs> and then we just keep keep going. We figure it out. The process is uh is happening as we go because we are that process. And it's us changing as much as dualist unity is changing. And that perspective shifts as we go. And we don't know what this is going to look like in three months or three years, but it's going to look like something and, and our willingness to be attentive to where we're at, to let go of the need to plan. And that's, I don't know, a lot of times if you do start doing too much, it's just rooted in fear and then you're embodying fear. And then that takes you further from the the flow that you could be in if you weren't so afraid. So we don't know. And that's one of the most exciting things that I could imagine is not knowing where you're going to be tomorrow or in five years. <laughs> You know, admittedly, working with you, um, I really enjoy being the age that I'm at. Like, I love the fact that it took me as long as it has to get to where I am to eventually meet you and have this conversation. Because as a result of all that, I've gone through a lot of different phases in my life. I've set a lot of fires, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so I see you and your enthusiasm and I'm like, yeah, but remember, people, you know, and you do the same for me and I appreciate that, but it's like, I just like, sometimes I'm like, heads up, you're challenging something that people don't want challenged. I remember saying that to you a few times and drawing out a couple of points where it's just like, uh, this isn't going to go as well as you think. <laughs> and it's just because people are fragile and it's just, you know, we've gone through that. But now Amanda, 
has come on board as well. And she has ideas just flying out of her awareness because of course she sees this the same way that we do that anything is possible if we just have enough attention if this means enough to us if we have the clarity and the awareness and the empathy and all that stuff but she's just like like if we had enough resources to just empower amanda the world would change in a week right but we were having a discussion her and i about well, which direction is is dualistic unity going to go in? Because there's so many different things that one day we could do that have a small impact, that create a ripple, that change things in some way or another. And I was saying to her that at this point in my life, I, I've really come to the point where I've recognized, I don't know as an individual. And I'm not supposed to know as an individual. This is the process of us finding out. As each of us come into the community, each of us with different skills, different insights, different ideas come into the community and we're able to see the people who want to invest the most in themselves and thus into the community and we're able to empower them and give them resources and they come up with ideas that empower other community members. It's all going to come together in the fact that the ideas will come to us at the right time through you, through all of you through your journeys, when you inevitably come into the, into the community or we meet you face to face, or we do connect with you because you've reached out and you've said, hey, I have a great idea, or better yet, I have time and I would love to help. You know, when we see that, we take notice. You know, there's a reason you feel so passionate about this and we, we know. And so we are, we are noticing, but to me, that process unfolding is how this all changed. I don't know. I love the simple insight that I don't know how to create the world that we all see is possible. Because if I did know, that wouldn't be it. That's the best part about it. It takes all the stress away, doesn't it? You don't need to know how to save the world. You just need to be the world. It'll save itself as it wakes up. And the intelligence to do so becomes manifest, becomes embodied. But that's the first step. Until we gain clarity, we can't do shit. And that means that that is the same individually and in the individual collective. Yeah, it's, it's a funny, funny recognition when you the more clearly you see that, you know, changing the world isn't something that is done by an individual like it couldn't possibly be because we really can't change each other in the way that we think like we all think okay i have this idea that sounds good i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and convince everyone of it and figure out how to convince everyone of it like that's just not how it works people can't be it's very rare that someone is convinced of something that they think the opposite of like they have to be able to recognize it in themselves. You're not going to go up to someone and be like, oh, you believe the opposite of this? Let me convince you why it's it's not the case. Like they're even if they're willing to have the conversation, if they're relying upon their belief to feel better, like cognitive dissonance is going to come and cut that shit the fuck off. Like it's not going to get through to them. What you're saying is not what you, was coming out of your net, what is coming out of your mouth is not going to be what's heard by them. Like it's just not. So there's no way. It's almost like in a uh, I don't I don't know what movie it is, but when someone starts talking and may oh, kind of like uh, in Bruce Almighty when Evan Baxter he's doing the 
they're talking to him and he's like blah, 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 and that like that's what someone hears when they're not willing to hear what you're saying like they're not even hearing the same things exactly yeah like a little baby putting closing their ears and going like nah, 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 nah. that it, it doesn't work that way and so to think that you have an idea of the way the world's going to change is absurd because there is it's almost like there isn't even an idea that would change it because because of what i just talked about like people aren't going to hear the same idea you express isn't going to be what they hear and they're everyone's relying on different ways of feeling better and so they're gonna cognitive dissonance is gonna get in the way and so you have to relax into the recognition that you don't know and just be willing to find out through you when you step yourself out of the way and just allow that intelligence to arise like if there were because humans for the most part are the ones that have the idea of themselves the idea that they can change the world like you know my dog's not sitting over here thinking like hmm i'm going to i'm going to change the world right now she's just being the world and so if humans were out of the way like the world would come back to a balance pretty damn quick like reality would have its way with things like trees would start growing again forests would be replenished like everything would go kind of back to not order but the natural sort of the natural order of things and so it's funny that we don't recognize that without with humans out of the equations and our fucking crazy ass egos things would go back to working out and so we're here sitting you know all the jerk offs in the government being like hmm how are we going to fix all this? I have an idea. I have an idea. It's like, why don't you shut the fuck up and just chill for a sec and watch everything unravel? It's us thinking that we can change it. That's getting in the way of things happening, but because we're never, our ideas are going to be limited based on our experience, perception of ourselves, the way, how much validation we need from the world. And so we're just going to come up with an idea for the sake of soothing all of those things. It's not actually going to be aligned with that sort of natural order of what's going on because we don't know what that is we can't see it we can't think of it we can't come up with it because it's happening through us and so as we get out of the way as we let go of the idea that we could even possibly know how to change the world we step out of the way and allow that natural order that would happen without humans being so involved to happen but the beauty is if we get out of the way, we're still a part of that. And we have a lot of fucking capabilities and it may even happen more quickly with us. If we're stepping our idea of how it's going to happen out of the way. So the best thing you can do to change the world is get the fuck out of the way and let it change. Oh my God. It just dawned on me. <laughs> I've been making the same mistake for years ah shit okay so so here's the the assumption we keep coming up with fuck we keep thinking that it just takes the right idea so i just wanted to take a quick moment here to announce that we have our california mini retreat coming up on april 11th to april 15th and it's going to be a blast there's no agenda there's no thing that you gotta try to be or become just time to express yourself, time to be yourself, time to find out. What is it to be myself? Can I really just do that? Can I really just let go? 
Can I really just show up without any preparation whatsoever to every situation that I get into with a bunch of people doing the same and a bunch of games to play as you do it? We're going to play some pool. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to shoot the breeze. We're going to hang out. It's the dopest sleepover that you could possibly go to. And you can join us and save $150 by using code BIGBEAR150 at dualisticunity.com. Just go to the California Mini Retreat details. You'll find it in the navigation bar. Enter the coupon code, and you can use this coupon code in addition to your already existing Patreon discount. Very much looking forward to seeing you there. We keep thinking it just takes the right idea to make the world a better place. But there have been lots of fantastic ideas that didn't make the world a better place because it's not just about the idea. It's about the people that embody the action that the idea is being performed through, right? Like, think about it. The vehicle, the car, you know, the combustion engine. Brilliant idea. Has it made things better? No, it hasn't largely. Could it have? Absolutely. Absolutely, that invention could have been used with a certain degree of reasonability. It could have been used with caution. It could have been used in a non-capitalistic society where actually it was about the function and the utility as opposed to the status symbol. Like there's so many things that could have changed about how that idea was used. So it's not about the idea. It's about us. Always about us. The idea is not enough. And we keep thinking or hoping that it is because it's, it's easier, frankly. I just have the right idea. Everything's going to be okay. No, it's not that easy. You have to be the point. Right? It's not about coming up with a perfect government. If you are still egotistical, if you're still divided, it's going to get corrupted. Again, there's nothing that we can do if we ourselves are actually embodying the distortion. Because we'll tell ourselves we're not. Remember that. We will tell ourselves with conviction that we're not, we're not doing anything wrong. Right? This is just this is human nature. We come up with all kinds of bullshit lines to justify every fucking thing we do. Everything. Until it happens to us. Then it's uncalled for. Oh my God, that's inhumane. Fucking weirdest shit but that is what we're doing and when it comes to this system we are so committed to the mentality that we're in we don't even recognize it came from somewhere we're so lost in egotism we don't even recognize the developmental process that brought us to it we just assume that's the way the way things are we literally assume this is the best humanity could do how fucked is that? But that's us justifying. That is us telling ourselves a story. That's us resisting change. And don't we do that all the time individually? Because if this is the best we can do, why would we ever try and change anything? Why would we, why would we even consider allowing things to change? But I like the, uh, that analogy you brought up with the idea. Because like the idea is the tool. You still have a user of that tool. The idea is the car or the the product that you're using, the chainsaw or whatever. You know, great idea. You can fuck some shit up with a chainsaw, but you can also, you know, make some cool stuff that you can utilize. But uh, yeah, because that's it. Because you have 
an awesome car that works super well or goes super fast or whatever. And if the driver in it is a fucking jackass, it's going to do a ton of harm with that. And that's anything like we've had. There's been lots of great ideas that are used by fucked up people and they do a bunch of fucked up shit with it. Like it's not the idea. It isn't even the idea at all that matters. Holy shit. Like the idea doesn't matter even a little bit because it can be utilized in any with which way. And it's always going to be based on the user. And so that had like, we have to change. There is no idea that does it. Oh man. (laughs) But we keep thinking that it is because, you know, if we come up with the idea, it's kind of like the, the collaboration, you know, it's it's great if it's your idea, but if it's someone else's, it's like, nah, I want it to be my idea. So everyone's trying to come up with the best idea just so they can feel better about themselves. They don't give a fuck about ever, anything actually working out. And so you actually have to come to the recognition that there are no ideas. And then we stop trying to come up with ideas and, you know, change ourselves, let go of shit ourselves. And that's the change. <laughs> Counterintuitive, like fucking everything, basically. And isn't that dualistic unity? Like that is exactly what drives dualistic unity. It's so funny. Like Andrew and I have been joking about this because uh, Amanda, who is now our administrative coordinator, has the only title in our company. We have no title. We haven't actually considered what our title should be because we don't even know what the hell this is. And we don't want to. From the start, it was, you want you want to start a podcast? Here, that's a thing. I'm not even kidding. Like, my wife was just like, you know, podcasts are apparently kind of a thing. You ever checked it out? And so here we are. Okay, We didn't know what this was going to be. There was no point to the podcast other than the, the conversation because we're having it anyway. Right? But that's what's bringing people together. And that's what's yielding more community and yielding more empathy and bringing about more in terms of insight, which is bringing about more ideas, but not just ideas, the wherewithal to look at them, filter them, let go of the need that might drive your attachment to them. So you can clinically look at them for their virtue, their benefit, their cost, all of it with awareness rather than just like, it's an idea. It makes me important. I'm going to follow that. And, And that's it. Like we are working on ourselves. There is no other point. There is no other point. And because of that, this will become something. What it is, I hope we never have to label. Like even right now, we are going through just a hell of a headache trying to figure out what kind of company are we? (laughs) So we actually have this weird like corporate structuring fucking shitstorm that we're we're going through because it's so counter counterintuitive to the way we think the rest of the time like we are very much trying to put on the public face for society while we do something that they don't understand and that's that's a lot of fun admittedly it's a lot of fun because it's so fucking laughable because it's so absurd as we start to see the organic benefit of just being ourselves of doing this for the sake of it without trying to be anything or go anywhere or change anything or anything else, as we start to see all that blossom and grow, it's so fucking obviously absurd how the the world currently works and all the stress and distortion that goes with it. They have no joy. They have no joy that's not some temporary high of egotism. And it's so sad because the the opposite is so, so obvious. And yet it requires you 
to let go of yourself. What's that? You want to be happy. You want to feel fulfilled. You want to be aware. You want to have a good time talking to people. You don't want to be socially anxious, blah, 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 blah. Stop thinking about yourself. Immediately, the, the ego's like, I don't like that. And your willingness to face that and go through it anyway is really what makes the difference. Settling into that uncertainty, becoming more okay with it. But it's it's funny. It, it kind of reminds me trying to think of all the corporate structuring very much like when we were at the retreat in that uh, the second forest we explored and we were going to do the live stream and no one's looking at their phone. No one's paying attention to the time. And then it dawns on me like, oh, we had we had a limited amount of time to do this, right? We Oh, we had to get back for the live stream. It was such a foreign thing to like have to go back to us schedule and i check i i think i did have my phone with me and i i checked it and i was like oh damn we're we're gonna be late for this and so we were like all right let's uh make our way back and there was no rush still it was just like yeah we'll get there when we get there um ended up you know we've talked about that experience of uh at the retreat trying to do the live stream and how it just like reality wasn't letting it happen but uh and that was interesting in itself but it very much reminds me of that because it's like we're we're existing in in eternity, just being ourselves, expressing things that are coming up and talking about it. And so, like, what do you even say about, like, how do you even conceptualize that into something that's like corporate speak? And even this morning, we were figuring out a new LinkedIn page. And I was like, fucking hey, like, how do we even, I don't know, there's no like podcast option, but it's not just a podcast because it's a whole community. It's like, it's in media, I don't know, something like that. And it's like, we came up with media broadcast initiative or something, something along those lines. And, uh, but it, it is very funny. And, and with trying to explain it to people too, like I use, I use a different way of explaining it every time someone asks me what it is and, and, and even for my content too. And I actually settled upon, uh, yesterday, the one I used when someone asked me was, uh, my, my content is just, I'm just sharing things that have helped me to feel more free. That's pretty much it. That has been consistent from the day I started making TikToks till now. And sometimes it's an insight sometimes it's an expression of that freedom it's not necessarily direct you know advice or anything but just a video expressing that state of freedom that i'm in and so that is as much as there's been a lot of ups and downs there's a lot been a lot more depth to the recognitions it's still just sharing things that have helped me to feel more free and putting them out there maybe they'll help someone else if uh if not cool if so cool uh and that's that's really been it and that's the conversation is just going back and forth, discussing ourselves, discussing reality, discussing our experiences. And now it's just obviously expanding into just a larger conversation, basically. But, you know, you can't put in a in a business plan. What what are you guys? Oh, we're a growing conversation. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, that's kind of it. But I hear you. I know why you want us to make it into something that's a little more. I don't know. You can derive a little bit more profit from it or something. Um, but yeah, it's just allowing it to happen, not really knowing how or or where it's going. But as I said before, to me, that's one of the most exciting things is not knowing where it's going, trying to put in place like this place that we're getting to and, and needing to get there by a certain point. It's like, ah, that's not necessary. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. That's really all it is. And it's so, again, it's, it's really interesting because it's organic and it, it really does come together. And it's so counterintuitive to what the ego thinks. The ego's like, no, if I'm going to get what I want, I got to fucking, I got to force that shit. And, and we're like, are you sure you, you know what you want? Are, are you sure you want that? Like, and we're just always getting in its way. Like, that's all we're really doing. It's, it's not that we're, it's, it's kind of like people saying like, oh, okay, so I got to stop telling myself negative things and I got to start telling myself positive things. No, no, no. You just got to stop telling yourself negative things. The other side isn't necessarily true, right? Like just, just stop telling yourself things or at the very least, stop believing them. That doesn't mean start telling yourself things that sound nice that you want to believe because you're just digging yourself another hole. Right. So the, the same is kind of true with dualistic unity. We go through this frequently, you know, in terms of like, oh, what do we want to do? Eh. And, and we'll kind of have like a, a moment of cognitive dissonance as we start to think in terms of business. And then we just go back to shooting the shit. Like, it's the funniest thing to watch. And out of shooting the shit was all of a sudden we'll be like, you know, it'd be fun to write a book. And so now we're writing a book. And we are. So everybody knows we actually read the introductions to our book to our tier three supporters on Sunday. Uh, that video will be released on Patreon uh, next week ish, but uh, we've come up with a title for the book. We've written the intros for the book. We're currently planning all the chapters out. Why? Seems appropriate. I've been hesitant to write a book forever for obvious reasons, the Bible. <laughs> um, and so here we are thinking, well, this could do damage, but it'd be a lot of fun to see if we could write a book that doesn't. Where each and every step of the book, it's warning you about the book itself. That'd be great. Like, that'd just be awesome. So we figured, fuck it, we're going to do that because that'd be challenging. It'd be a lot of fun. We don't know how long it's going to take. We don't know where it's going to go. We don't know how it's going to be well received. Judging by the title, it's probably going to piss a lot of people off. Can't tell you what the title is unless you're on Patreon. Um, but none of that fucking matters we just feel like doing it we just feel like doing it and we want to make it possible for our community members who have that same inspiration to be able to do that like we would love to be able to have the resources to say take one of our incredibly talented artists in the community and commission a painting from them for something related to dualistic unity and then to donate that painting to a charity or to donate that painting to a gallery somewhere or just do something with it Right. Like, that'd be great. We would love to be able to empower more of the community. But at the moment, that means resources. And what's so difficult about this, and I'm not going to lie, and admittedly, it's a little easier for me because I've both been poor and been an entrepreneur, um, is that we work so very hard at this for the sake of it. And at every point along the way, we continuously push out the idea of how much we're making. We continuously push out the stress of not being able to make enough because we have this conviction. If, it, if it's the right time, if this is meant to be received, if this is going to land, if society or we or I am ready for this, it's going to work out. Just put the time in, shut the fuck up, right? And so that's the conviction we work under. It really is because, I mean, right now, we talked about this a couple episodes ago when that person sent me an email. Right now, we are very much relying on the gratitude of our, of our community. And we appreciate all of your support. We really do. But that is not the end 
of this game by any means. We are still climbing in terms of traffic. See, to us, there is a point where this rolls over in a rather dramatic way. And it's because this podcast is not like any other podcast. As we were mentioning earlier in uh, this episode, the podcast is an ongoing conversation that stacks upon itself. So for anybody who's truly interested in the ins and outs of this, you started episode one, and by the end of season two, you've pretty much got everything we've got to give as much as we can at that point. But there's a lot of episodes there. And then season three, you see the community build, you get to know the, everybody else, you start to see the other uh, influencers that we, we communicate with that we would encourage you to check out. Like there's so much. And so because that is a long journey, each and every person who comes into the podcast is an adventurer to us. They're a fucking warrior. Like we know they're going through the meat grinder of all that stuff to be where they are. And we really appreciate that. But you see, most podcasts, they focus on how many people can I get for each and every episode, right? Because a new episode with a new guests is a new chance to get more audience members. Whereas we have new episodes all the time and, and encourage people to go back to the beginning. So that changes how we work as a podcast. It also changes our monetization options, frankly, because right now everybody's going through the work. So the newest episodes don't have huge amounts of traffic because everybody's going back to the older episodes, right? But advertisers look at your newest episodes and how, many, how much traffic are you getting in that first seven days, right? And so because we're focusing on the slow build of our community, we are not yet able to at attract the advertisers that are willing to pay us more for those ad spots. But when we are, and I want you to understand, like the podcasts that get more advertisers typically get about a million plays a month, half a million to a million plays a month. At that point, you get interest in terms of advertisers. At that point, Dualistic Unity not only is able to cover us so we can eat and have a roof over our head, but it actually starts getting resources that we can put back into the community. Last month, we hit 75,000 plays in a single month. This month, we are on track to hit 120, possibly 150,000 plays by the end of the month. By end of May, end of June, I fully expect us to be somewhere around 350,000 to a half million plays in a month. The change is coming. The resources are coming. It's just time. And at the moment, our low point is what our high point was two weeks ago. So we are climbing at a precipitous rate. Like it is incredible how fast this community is starting to grow. And I'm just telling you all of you all of this because again, it's just around the corner. This is working and it's because of you. And we, we are aware of it and we believe in it. Well, I wouldn't say we believe in it, but we feel it. We have conviction. We're here for it. And that is largely because of you. So thank you for everything that you are doing to encourage us, to inspire us, to grow yourself, to keep this conversation going, to offer whatever it is you can to it. It changes everything. You may not realize it yourself, but I do. You can take that for whatever you want. Yeah, it's, it's not even that we believe in it, but we we are it as as we go, as are you. You are dual security. I just want to toss this in there because I always, we literally never say this, but um, leaving a review or a, a anything on a platform 
does help a ton. That's how the process, as much as we are able to, from our existing social media accounts, push people to the podcast, there is, I don't know how the fuck it works, but there is some sort of podcast algorithm. And the more reviews, you can leave like a star review on Spotify. But on Apple, you can leave an actual review, just a couple thoughts on you know, your thoughts about the podcast, how you're enjoying it, and you can leave a star review. Um, we, I don't think we've ever mentioned that. Um, a lot of people probably don't know. Uh, if you they listen on one of those, uh, it may not seem like it does much, but it, it does actually. Um, so it means a ton if you're able to. No expectation whatsoever, just letting people know that that is a thing that is possible and it does help us a ton. And I don't think we've ever said that in like 160 episodes mentioned anything like that. Like every, every podcast I listen to, if it's on YouTube or something, it starts out with like comment on this, share it with a friend, you know, subscribe, leave a review. And then it ends it with the same sort of spiel. So they're constantly letting people know as they listen. And we just like, that's not our focus, like pushing all that stuff. We're here for the conversation. So like we never <laughs> bring it up. We always just forget, you know, we, we start talking before the episode starts. We're like, all right, let's start recording. And then we start recording and then we just continue on and then talk for a couple hours. And it's like, all right, that's uh, that's probably good for this one. And then that's it. So there's no consideration of like, oh yeah, there's, there's things that, you know, other stuff maybe we should mention here and there. So if I remember, I'm going to try every, you know, maybe once a month or every two months, just be like, hey, you know, share it or, you know, leave a review or, or whatever, because it does mean a lot. And a lot of people I know just aren't aware of it. So just a heads up that uh, it's a thing. But yeah, the uh, the growth has been very cool to see. Like, it's fucking exciting. The uh, the it's it's crazy because we we watch our traffic here and there and the the bottoms we always like bottom out for the week on uh on saturday and sunday usually people don't listen to podcasts much over the weekend and then like monday hits and there's we have a just a bunch of episodes from the end of the week that uh people start listening to and then it's like monday tuesday wednesday are usually the peak but our bottom as much as all of the growth has been uh at a certain trajectory like the bottom trajectory like the bottoms are now like as ray said like our peak peaks are here bottoms are here and it kind of was at this for a while and now it's like this and so like that peak that we had a couple of weeks ago is now like where our bottom is at so it's that like we can feel it happening we can see the growth it's super exciting again it's not our focus necessarily but there is a side of it that's like all right you know we, we can last on what we're what we've got right now you know savings mostly and uh some of the stuff from patreon which we very much appreciate but there's there's a point where that's gonna run dry and if there isn't enough coming in like we're gonna have to cut back you know go back to once a week and get another job basically um so it would be cool to not have to do that um and that's why we very much appreciate the support but yeah we feel the growth and it's going to be, you know, once things start to turn, this converse it's not that the conversation is going to change, but the ability for us to do things with the resources is going to. So it's going to be like, you know, all right, we're uh, we're halfway to a billboard and you know, we're we're getting close. We appreciate blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're we're chilling now. So we're able and then 
you know, I, I can go back to traveling and whatnot. And then it's like, I'll have all sorts of crazy stories to talk about probably. And, uh, it'll be fun to see that, that shift. Um, but yeah, we're just going to keep plugging along, keep pushing away, keep having the conversation. Cause that's, that's how I want to spend my days. Basically. I want to spend my time just talking about this. And it's, uh, it's really cool that there are people who are getting involved as well. I had someone comment on, uh, a couple clips I made from episode one on uh, on TikTok the other day, and he was like, basically said how he was crying because he has been thinking about these things, has never come across anyone who's talking about it, and he's like, oh my gosh, my mind is mind is blown. I can't believe this is this is happening right now. I'm I'm crying, and I was like, dude, love to hear that. You are going to really enjoy dualist community, the podcast, the community, everything involved, because there aren't a whole lot of people having the conversation in the way that we're having it right now. It, everyone's settling upon something. And for those who are those warriors that are willing to continue on, continuing, continue the process of questioning, letting go of everything they cling to for that false sense of certainty, it's, uh, it's the place to be. And we are loving the uh, the growth and the community and the conversations, especially on Patreon, that are that are happening right now because it's a lot of fun and they inform all of our episodes. Like we're able to continue the the flow of the conversation as we go. You know, we we learn things from people on Patreon who are going through stuff in their life, and we're like, that's really interesting. I'm going through something similar. Blah blah blah. Bring it up on an episode. Chat with people, and uh, yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun, and it's just. I don't know, getting more and more fun, basically. <laughs> it just dawned on me. Like, I understand that I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a difficult business partner. <laughs> Let's just say that. Because I have this ridiculous tendency to want to give shit away. Like, and, and I know that made me a terrible life coach. Like, I was brutal for that. I was just like, here, let me knock my price down because you, you can't afford it. Or, you know, here, let me just put some extra time in and blah, 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 because I can. And, oh, I think you're good now. You don't need to keep coming in. What do you mean? I don't need to keep coming in. It's like, don't you want to make money? It's like, well, yeah, I do. But, you know, I really want you to do better. So as a business partner, I, I'm rather difficult to work with because we talk about like workshop prices, for example. And my point is always we should make it as affordable as possible. And Andrew always agrees with me which is crazy because I've had business partners who have looked at me and went, you know, we got to eat <laughs> and they've never been impressed with my altruistic tendencies. And so when it comes to like marketing or pricing or offerings or anything like that, when it comes to profitability, sheer profitability and marketing, that is by far our greatest weakness as a business. And yet I would say our greatest strength, as a conversation and a community. That's how counterintuitive this is. That is literally why this is succeeding, but also how it will continue to do so. And it's so difficult for the ego to take. And I think that's part of our own challenge in this, right? Is the facing of that because why do people support us on Patreon? What has everybody said in terms of why they support us on Patreon? With the exception of that person who had a bad trip and decided I was the antichrist last week because they don't feel like we're ripping them off. I was speaking to somebody last week and they're like, you know, I heard about everything that was happening and we talked and I had a good cry about the fact that they were just saying like, never ever had the impression that you're asking me for anything ever. 
you've always made it so you you we can support you or not like you've always made it so it's an option you and andrew both right which is terrible business practice like and i know that i know that from school i know that from being a business consultant i know that from being in business all of this is terrible business practice and yet it's exactly what we need we need someone that you feel you can at least resonate with because you feel that they're being authentic. I'm not asking you to trust me, but I, I'm very much trying to give you all of the chances possible to recognize what I really am. Same with Andrew. We don't want you to trust us because that would require you to believe us. And we certainly don't want you to believe us. But at this point, it should become clear. We're not fucking around. Like we're not, we're not here putting on a show for you. There's no song and dance. There's no top hat coming out. There's no costume. This is just what the fuck I am. And if nothing else, that, that's all. And if that's enough, this is going to work. And if it's not enough, then maybe it wasn't meant to. But I think that that's what's going to determine whether or not this works. Because if we were to, at any point, falter out of fear, sell out, start making this into your typical self-help, life coaching, spirituality bullshit for the sake of making profit, it would all fall apart. Maybe not in the, in the short term. Because at first, everybody would be like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, we're starting to get resources, blah, blah, blah. You know, I know a few of you would be like, nah, I'm not down. And, and that's very much the point is that over time, it would eventually just degrade. It would eventually just fall apart into everything we're trying to work to make sure it's not. And so this is an act of faith on our part, on your part. Let's see if it works. <laughs> that's pretty much it, right? But I'm telling you, once we hit that rollover point, there's going to be a lot of shit that we're going to get into. There's a lot of things that I have planned. I, I not even planned, but in my head. And you need to understand that I think in terms of resources, it's not just about like, oh, let's spread the wealth. No, no. It's about building generators of more wealth so we can continue to spread that because dualistic unity to me is like a fruit tree. We are all investing our energy into helping it grow so that way we can all eat the fruit at the end of it. Okay. That's the point. All it's meant to be is something that perpetually creates for us, like a spring that just keeps bringing water, okay? But if this works, if that is what it becomes, and it becomes this massive fucking tree or spring, and it's just continuously pushing, you watch me make more of them. Not necessarily the podcast, though. There are some people out there who want to create a podcast that I would love to encourage as community reflections of this. That would be great. But there are so many things that we can do in creating resources for ourselves, for our community. Fuck, I look at Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and all of their stupid ambitions, and I just keep thinking to myself, fuck, you have such a narrow mind. Like, you have such little imagination. Holy shit. Like, we could do so much that just perpetuates growth for everybody and just do that. Do that long enough and everybody's got enough. It changes our mindset. But somebody's got to do it first which means somebody's got to stop worrying about profit. So here we are, not worrying about profit, even though I just ranted about it for like 20 minutes. I think that's part of it too, because it's not even that we're like pushing it. We're talking about the process of it because everyone goes through these things in their, in their life at, at some point. And you know, I, as, as Ray was saying, like our focus is not on pitching this, selling it because like I like I was talking about before with the attention pie chart. It's like our attention is on the conversation, 
on the community, on the things that we're doing, not the selling of the things that we're doing. And in a business, you know, a lot of times it's like split 50-50. People are doing something and then they're you know, talking about what they're doing or like trying to get more people, you know, trying to sell more stuff and, and pitching the thing that they're doing as opposed to just doing the thing. And so our focus the entire time has been on doing the thing and slowly as it's gotten into, you know, becoming a business and being registered and everything, like we have to take a little bit to focus on like the building, you know, behind the scenes of it. But for a good year, over a year, it was strictly conversation. There was like no thought whatsoever. It was a hundred percent conversation. And so now it's like, we're, you know, begrudgingly kind of like opening up that attention a little bit. Cause it's like, all right, this is turning into something. We got to start doing that. But yeah, it's, it's the attention is on the conversation. The attention is on the the community. And so there isn't a massive chunk that's getting taken out. So we're actually able to continue to talk about the insights that we have. We're, we're, we have space for the insights to arise because we're not stressed, so stressed and concerned for how things are going to work out. And so we'll we'll chip in like some some like feel free to leave a review if you want. It's like that's that's a thing you can do that, um, but it's never going to be any even close to a percent of our focus. It's like here and there we'll toss it in because the focus is the conversation. The focus is on expressing freedom. And beyond that, I'm just a fucking terrible salesman. Like I've never had a sales job, never been a thing that I'm comfortable with doing at all. Like I've got, (laughs) I've gotten better about just being like, there's a lot here. I've actually had that recognition not to like, you know, pat ourselves on the back too much, but like I come across talks that people do and other podcasts, other types of videos, and like, they'll go on a spiel for a while and I'll just be like picking apart things like, yeah, careful, careful there. Ah, watch out for that. Eh, yeah, not quite. And, and I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much, so many people out here who have like big audiences that are spewing fucking bullshit, things that actually don't help things that actually not only don't help, but take you in the opposite direction of helpful things. So I'm sitting there like, and I'm like almost building a confidence within my like kind of anger of like, what the fuck is going on? Like, we're actually saying a lot of a lot of good shit here. And and again, not patting ourselves on the back, but there's a there's a conviction that I've I've been gaining, I guess, uh over the last even just the last month or two with the uh with the conversation cuz I'm like, damn, no one's really talking about it like this and this is actually what's going on and it's not even that we're we're believing in it or like we're going on out on a whim and being like, I think this is it. And we're just going to ride with it. It's like, there's, this is like tried and true. There's a fucking massive base to these recognitions because it's not something that we're sticking our arm out and believing in and, and thinking like, all right, this is going to, this is going to sound good. It's like, let's have a fucking four hour conversation and see where we come to come at us with anything. And we'll go back and forth and we'll come to these recognitions that we talk about. And so for me, 
as much as because you know never had to do sales growing up like it was not a focus of mine it does not come naturally at all as as people are probably aware of um and so but through my confidence with just what we're talking about and the conviction that comes with it it's it's getting easier to do those types of things because it's like no one else is doing it this is like fucking cream of the crop conversation because we're not settling on anything there aren't any there isn't anything that we're giving you that you can even stand on and that's what everyone else is doing everyone else is giving you something and being like this is it right here just do this and people are taking it and they're like it's working for a little bit and then they're like yeah it doesn't work anymore yeah because it never was the thing because it's not something you can settle upon and that's what we're going to keep saying over and over and over. And for those willing, for those willing to go through it, those willing to work on it in themselves, let go of that need for that fucking false certainty that everyone else is giving you. It's going to, you're going to be able to experience a state of freedom that no one else is talking about. And so through that, uh, it's gotten a little bit easier for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it doesn't come naturally. And I'll be the first to uh, be willing to admit that. <laughs> well, it's funny, actually. Uh, one of our community members, somebody who was at the first retreat, I was uh, talking to them, I think, a month ago or so. And uh, she was laughing at me because we had finally just talked about Patreon in one of our uh, raw episodes and at, I think it was at the end of the episode and we're like, and there's this and this and this and this and this and this. And, and we were very excited to be sharing this with people. And most of the time up until then, we almost like hesitantly mentioned it. Like we were just like, man, you know, if you want to, you can join us on, on Patreon just because, you know, we'd really appreciate it. That kind of thing. But it always felt weird because we're asking people, you know, to pitch money in. And admittedly, that's, that's definitely not the point here. We definitely want to push money out, but at the moment, this is where we're at in the development of whatever this monstrosity is going to be. So she, she actually said, like, I was so proud of you guys the other day. I really I heard how you were representing the Patreon page and it sounded perfect. I could hear the conviction finally. And I thought to myself, that's it. That's how that should sound. And it was awesome. I was just like, that's kind of funny because I am a salesman. <laughs> and I always butt up against, again, that altruistic part of me that doesn't want to sell you anything. I really don't. If I could do all of this for free, I would. I would. Like, understand, if I could do all of this, if I could just walk around and talk to people and be on here and be here for everyone, I would do that because I want to. But the world doesn't work that way. And so we need to be able to, to sustain ourselves. But more importantly, there are so many things that we can get involved with. There are so many things that we can help. And so I never want to come across as a salesman. If anything, I want to come across as the, that nut who made it all work by not trying to make it all work, right? Like that's really like, if, if you're going to remember me for anything, don't worry about my name. Just one day and when you're in your 60s or 70s to go, man, I used to listen to Andrew Mernand and this crazy asshole and fuck, they did some great shit. And if I am referred to as some crazy asshole, you can even toss the word bald in there. That's just fine. Okay. I'm happy. Like, that's great. Like if the best thing out of my life that you get is the fact that anything's possible, even if you're not 
thinking about yourself all the time, even if you're not just trying to satisfy yourself, even if you're putting everyone else first, that doesn't mean there's a limitation. I think that's it. That's all I'm, I'm embodying is that you don't have to put yourself first. You really don't. You're going to be okay. You know, because life supports that which supports life and you are life. Boom. <laughs> but uh, it, it is, it's interesting. Ah, oh, fuck. I just had something and then it went away. Um, <laughs> it's funny how that'll, uh, that happens a lot and not a lot, but like it, it definitely happens. And people, it's fun now because people will see, people have ideas of us. Inevitably, people create ideas of people and they see people in certain ways and hear people talking and think they're very, you know, articulate. And a lot of people ride that and they never push back on it. If they're seen a certain way, they're like, yeah, you know what? I am that way. I'm, I'm great actually. And I'm a very good speaker and I articulate things very well. You are actually, you're actually quite correct in that, in that sentiment. And I love presence. (laughs) Fucking jackasses. But, uh, I love that we're at a, at sort of at a point now, like people on social media will see me in a certain way and, and they'll, they'll think certain things. And I love my favorite thing to do is bash that idea, like push so hard against that. So now it's like, I don't know, there's even more freedom for me. And I, I think Ray's been doing this for a lot longer than I have, but realizing because I don't think about myself that much, I forget that people do have an idea of me like all the time. I'm always doing that. I had someone, um, a friend of mine, she lives in LA and I'm trying to figure out like some podcasts I want to be on, um, in when I'm traveling around there. And so she had a friend who has one and she was like, yeah, I'll connect you guys. And I, I said something like, uh, you know, great to meet you. Would love to keep in touch, uh, and figure out a time that works for, for us. Like if you're interested, And my friend responds to me and she's like, Andrew, don't ever finish it by saying if you're interested, because you are you have like way more followers than her. Like you are. She probably thinks of you as like, this is exciting for her to have you on her podcast. And you're saying if you're interested and that's just me, like that's where I come from with things like I'm not making assumptions. I'm not like you should be excited for me to be on your podcast. Like I never, I have a very, very difficult time even realizing that someone might think that, which, you know, works in certain cases, but it's also like, you know, it's, there is an aspect of me that's coming from existing with a lack of confidence in myself for a very long time. And so it doesn't always, it's not like I'm coming from a place of like extreme confidence. And now it's like, and now I have over a million followers on platforms and now I have even more confidence. It's like, it's bringing me up to, up to like center with it. It's like finally catching up to like have some confidence instead of like skyrocketing it through the roof and being an egotistical asshole. So she was like, Andrew, don't ever finish a sentence with, if you're interested, like you have a lot of good shit to say, like you're probably going to be one of the more interesting guests that she has on. Like you got to that come at it from like, she is probably very excited to have you. So finish it with excited to get something scheduled or something like that. Cause there's the conviction that comes with it. And it hit me and I was like, 
you're absolutely right. Like it, there was no pushback for me. I was like, I totally hear you. I come at things from from that perspective a lot, and I I think that you know you're you're 100 right, and I will keep that in mind uh, uh, moving forward with things. But it's just funny because like people will see my accounts and stuff and have a certain idea that I don't have of myself. And so there's, there's like an awareness with that, that I'm getting more used to, but then at the, at the same time through understanding that it's like, all right, let's fuck this idea up a little bit. Let's, let's bring things back to reality that I'm a normal fucking person who does weird shit and dumb shit and fucks up and all the things that everyone else does deals with tons of insecurities and still deals with anxiety, but just like manages it way better. Um, and, and doesn't label it myself as it or anything, you know, like, obviously we talk about this stuff all the time, letting in, letting go of the idea, like all of those things that you've settled upon about you subside as well, or at least begin to, it doesn't mean that they don't pop up though. It's just not something you're settling upon. And so one of my favorite things, long story short is, uh, is pushing back against that idea and, and saying things that people are like, Oh shit, I had an idea of you and now you're not really matching that. And it's like, boom, there's, there's an insight for you. No one's ever the idea that you think they are. So, uh, yeah, chew on that one for a bit. <laughs> it's funny. Somebody got that right in the face the other day. I was talking about that on the Instagram account and it's so funny because they start off with like, they weren't polite by any means. They were very much like, you know, oh, saying dinosaur bones ex uh, don't prove that reality existed before me is very much, you know, spiritual nonsense. You're putting people in danger in terms of mental health. You know, I'm going to go and tell, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I ever told anybody about your podcast as a whole, that whole thing. And you see, what's really funny is that I always come across as the kind of person who, who's empathetic. Like I, I, I really do work at being empathetic because I don't, I don't think about myself much, but because of that, people will sometimes get the impression that I'm a pushover. And that is very much not the case. Like I, I'm very much like a brick wall. If you try and push me over, right? it's pretty bad, like in general. And so I respond in kind to that kind of hostility. I'm just like, all right, well, you want to be a prick about it. I'm just going to tell you that you're being judgmental and derisive and you're doing so because you're confused. And the fact is the cognitive dissonance is driving you nuts because you don't understand what's being said. So rather than try and talk to me politely and ask a question or do your, your due diligence and go back and check the podcast episode, you're going to throw a little fucking tantrum here. That's what this is about. And so I'll, I'll just say that. And what I always find just hilarious is after, even despite the intention they came into the conversation with, the tone that they were using, the lack of respect or anything like that, they'll all of a sudden go, well, I don't see why you gotta, you gotta be like that about it. Like I wasn't being offensive or disrespectful. I didn't, I can't believe the response that I'm getting from you. This isn't what I expected at all. It's like, right, you expected me to be like, oh, go on young grasshopper, say all the shit that you want to me. And I'm not going to fucking do that. So if you have this expectation of me, guess what's going to happen? It's going to get destroyed. Being peaceful does not mean I'm going to take your shit. But that's it. And so it's important to do that. <laughs> By the time that the conversation ended, that person had blocked me. Once again, the mental gymnastics were just they were just gorgeous. Like it was so fun to watch. Like by the end of it, like I wasn't insulting your podcast as all. Well. I wasn't saying you're all dangerous. I'm like, you literally said that you're 
worried for the people you referred to the podcast. Like, yeah, and then they just blocked me because you can keep showing the obvious contradictions without ever getting mad about it. See what I mean? Like, if if you don't attach to it, if you're just addressing it for what it is, you can be way more effective than if you let it piss you off. You stick to what is. You continue to stick to what is, including the motivations of that person through what they're showing you. That conversation will become very uncomfortable for that person. You don't have to let them get to you by any means. But you do have to recognize how much of their issue comes from them having an idea of you, an expectation of you, which is all based on what they want to see about themselves. And usually their problem with you is simply the fact that you're not playing along to the script that they never gave you. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's it's funny because people in the spiritual realm will have, you know, responses to comments just like wishing you love or something to a very derisive or aggressive comment. It's like, hope your day is going well. I love not doing that and coming back with an aggressive comment, especially if someone comes on a video. I even um a buddy who has a podcast and he had another guy I know on the podcast. Uh, I saw a clip of it and someone commented like dudes, cause he was given his uh, perspective on like where social media is going. And he's like, dudes just making stuff up and posting it on reels. And I, I responded with something like I was kind of being a jackass, but I was like, dudes just commenting things, making up comments in the section because he has nothing better to do with his sad little life or something like that with like a crying emoji. And like people probably see my stuff and they're like, you know, seeing me talking my talking my shit on my videos and stuff. And they they don't think that you would do that. They think it would be like, oh, it's got it. You got to meet aggression with love and and meet the darkness with light. It's like when you when you actually see things clearly or more clearly when you recognize that you're not what you think you are beyond that your reality beyond that you're fucking God and you're eternal and you've always been and always will be. There's no longer these fucking conceptual ways to respond to people or it, it comes back to keeping remaining in a state of empathy, but also being willing to use the entire fucking spectrum. You don't have to limit yourself to this little box because, oh, because really it comes back to a faith in yourself. Like you think that if you go too far on one end of the spectrum, like you're not going to be able to come back from that or, or they may see you in a certain way and you may not fit the idea of spiritual enlightenment that they have inside of their mind if you respond in a, a, a equally as aggressive way as they responded to you. When you drop that fear of getting caught on one side of the spectrum or the fear of being perceived in a certain way, because you know it doesn't, you know, it's it has to do with them, how they see things, how they need to see things. You can use the whole fucking spectrum. There's no longer a, a little way that you have to respond and you have to respond in in love and and kindness, you can respond in whatever the fuck way you want because there's nothing to fear. There's no judgment to fear from them. There's no opinion from them to fear. There's no fear of going too far in one end, you know, of the pendulum and fear of it not swinging back. Like, you know, it's going to swing back. And so it's, it can be fun to sometimes. And sometimes I will meet it with like, Hey, 
you know, clearly you're going through some stuff and hope you're having a good day. And even that will piss people off beyond just, you know, if you just respond, like, hope you have a great day. It's like, it's clear that you're, you're struggling with something right now. I, I hope you, you know, find the space to work through it or, or question it and just, you know, try not to settle upon anything like that'll piss people right the fuck off because they're like, I'm not going through anything. No, I'm not suffering at all. Like, okay. Yeah. Keep, keep telling yourself that. <laughs> I think my favorite response is, you know, that's adorable. Just because it's, it's so funny how they'll come at you and they're, they're just like, I, my points are important. My points are important. And it's very much like a toddler coming up to you and complaining about something just inane. Like you're, you're just like, it's really not like, you're not nearly as complex as you'd like to believe you are. You're not nearly as insightful as you'd like to pretend you are. And you're certainly not coming from a place of authenticity. Like that's all fucking obvious to anybody with eyes wide open. I just want you to know, but you're so convinced that you you aren't this person because you couldn't possibly face the fact that you're an unpleasant prick, right? Can't take that shit in. So you just tell yourself a story that you're not, and then you pretend worse that you're not when you get called on being it. Oh, I can't I can't possibly imagine why why you're responding like this now. It's like because of you, dickhead. That's pretty much it, you know. And so yeah. At the end of the day, it's important to be authentic. And I'm glad that uh, I am seeing a lot more of that in your responses as a whole, because it really does come down to the fact it's the same with the podcast, the same with everything we've been saying about Patreon, about all that shit. Take me as I am or don't fucking take me. I am not trying to tell you anything you want to hear. I'm just me. You're not being sold a product. Nobody's asking you to stay. You know, if this is important to you, you want to share the conversation because you have a passion for growth or you're tired of suffering, very much like me, stick around. Otherwise, you know where the door is, right? And that's it. And as long as you're living from there, that's life in a nutshell. And that goes back to dating and our relationships workshop that we had talked about in January about being yourself, the need for authenticity, the requirement to accept that you are always alone even in a relationship. And this goes to a question that we currently have in the comments section. I would love to know your thoughts on the still small voice when it comes to decision-making. Do you have any experience with this? In particular, deciding whether to leave or stay in a relationship, especially when things are going well in the relationship, but you feel something is off. And so I just wanted to make sure I got the air quotes in there. So I've been in a relationship for 19 years. And in those 19 years, Things have felt off here and there. And by off, I mean, I had expectations or I was looking for something or I was projecting something or I was impatient or I was getting the wrong idea of what the relationship was all about or I was just not being myself. And so it became about the relationship, in which case now the other person's got to live up to my expectations. I have a certain idea about how they're supposed to act and treat me and so on and so forth. And that drives a wedge right between us. And so I would say that if you're going to focus on that, you may as well just leave the fucking relationship now because you're, you're going to kill it. Relationship is an ongoing exercise in empathy and compassion and understanding, the ability to get out of your own fucking way. It really is. Sometimes it's not about whether or not you feel off so much as whether or not you have the courage to communicate that, have a conversation, get down to brass tacks without worrying about them not liking you or leaving you without trying to get anywhere, without thinking in some weird superficial fantasy that life is going to be so much better without this person around. Because I need you to understand, everybody's a person. Everybody is a person. Everybody is fucking complex. Everybody has shit to deal with. 
Okay. It's not that anybody has a certain twin flame, the one person that they're going to make it fucking work with. If you find somebody you can make it work with and make that person your one person, that's on you. Well done. Okay. Doesn't matter. It's not about the person. It's about your willingness to change and their willingness to change. A relationship takes work on yourself, most of all. Which isn't to say that the relationship shouldn't end. If you're willing to change and let go and let go of your expectations of them, you're giving them the space they need, you're giving them the compassion they need, you're giving them everything that they need to be themselves, and they still aren't in alignment with you or the relationship, they don't share your intention to keep it going, they don't share that same compassion for you, then yeah, okay, maybe it's over. But I'm telling you right now, as long as the problem is the other person, you're looking at the wrong problem. A relationship is built on responsibility. It really is. That's my advice. Yeah, I was going back and forth in the comments yesterday with someone who was uh, talking some bullshit about (laughs) relationships. And they were basically saying how uh, there's no way to have a healthy relationship without expecting the other person, you know, to act in some way, shape or form, because you know, if, if you don't care about how the other person thinks about you, it's just an apathetic, you know, the, the relationship is rooted in apathy, apathy, and, you know, you can't actually have a uh, good relationship without some desire for the other person to uh, see you in a certain way, because then you just, then you just don't care. And then it isn't it like humans need love. They need, you know, partners and and relationships and blah 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 i was like first of all just because you feel like you need them and rather than questioning that need you're going to say that humans all need that thing because it's your it allows you to avoid the responsibility of understanding that you don't need anyone and you're responsible for you like once you recognize that things make a lot more sense and and it's just so fascinating how people actually think that they have to have expectations of other people and they have to care about what other people think or, or, you know, God forbid the the relationship isn't going to be fulfilling, but you, with a relationship, if you do care, and we talked about this a lot in our relationship, uh, dating and relationship workshop, like if you care about the way that they think about you, you are inevitably not going to be yourself. You're going to act in a way that you think is best going to best get them to like you and that's not being yourself and so through that it's going to build a resistance to the reality of what's going on it's going to create this idea that you know things feel off because you have a degree of expectations for them and so in order to actually have a whole and fulfilling relationship you have to be willing for them to leave because it's almost like when you, when you have a certain conversation or talk about certain things, you know, we talked about how we've talked about a bunch, how faith is taking the step and not knowing where you're going to land, but knowing that you're going to land. And in a relationship, faith in yourself is taking that step, maybe on the step that you're on, the person is with you, but knowing, but not knowing is when you land, if they're going to still be with you, but knowing that you're going to land and it's going to be okay. And if you need them to be with you when you land on that step, question that. That's 
that's the thing that you have to let go. That's where the the feelings of off, the feelings of things not being you know quite right is stemming from. Because if you need them to land there, you're not going to have the conversation. You're not going to take the step. And reality is going to keep flowing and you're going to be on the step with them right here. Be like, things are starting to feel uncomfortable. It's like, yeah, because all of reality is pushing you to take that step and be willing to be alone in that next step. And if you're not willing to be alone, you're going to stagnate. You're going to get caught in a certain loop. You're going to be walking on eggshells You're because you're not willing to have the conversation and therefore risk taking that step and being alone when you land. But that's the only way to keep things authentic, to keep things real and alive, or else it just stagnates and and dies if you're not willing to crush those eggshells, not willing to crush your expectations of them, their expectations of you, because that's not what that's not what is the lifeblood of a solid relationship. It's not having those expectations. It's letting go of them and being willing to be alone, be free in yourself. And through that is how a healthy relationship is able to continue on. Well said. I, I enjoyed the insight there. Um, I want to follow up with the question that, that they asked as a follow-up. Uh, I was just worrying about our lack of common interests, passions, hobbies. Is is love enough? And, and so again, I encourage you to look in the long term. Okay. So a problem with that idea of passions, interests, and hobbies is it sounds like you have a certain attachment to certain hobbies and passions and interests that are yours. Um, Life is a very long thing. Fact is, is that if you're doing the same interests and hobbies and passions in two to five years time, you should probably start wondering why, because you're cutting yourself off from a lot of different experiences. And so from somebody who's been in a relationship for a long time, I will tell you, one, my wife doesn't share all of my hobbies and passions and interests by any means. And I don't expect her to. She's shown some interest here and there and realized that that was as much as she wanted to explore and and then didn't explore it any further. And I really appreciated the fact that at least she gave it an open mind and and the willingness to check it out. On the other hand, I've done the same with things that she's interested in, right? From time to time, pushing myself out of my comfort zone for me, not for her, for me. You see, I learned something from doing that. I learned something from going in a different direction that was against my preferences and comforts. See, I'm always looking for opportunities to expand myself, to let go of of my attachments, to learn more and to unfold or to let unfold more about what I am. So I throw myself in every situation I can or every experience that I can. And so where's the resistance to exploring her hobbies coming from? Right, because perhaps if you were less resistant to those, she would be less resistant to yours. Right? Because again, it's a relationship. It really is a result of both of you growing together. And if both of you are self-defining, you're not together. Keep that in mind. You know, it really is. It's a wedge that will continue to drive you apart over time, if it's, especially if it's early in the relationship. You have to deal with it every step of the way. You really do. If you want the relationship to grow and continue and last, you need to get out of the way. I can't, I can't offer that advice enough, truly. Um, we are down to our last seven minutes here. I just wanted to give a, a quick announcement that that is the fact. We are going to be continuing on in a group chat, tier one today. So it's only five, $5 a month if you'd like to join us. Uh, it's for the next hour and a half. Uh, we chat about all kinds of stuff. Uh, no, it's a two-hour day. 
today. So this is going to be a great chat. Um, you can join us, patreon.com slash dualisticunity. We chat with our community members five days a week. On tier one, you get to chat with us twice a week. Um, if you want to join our free group chat on Wednesday, that's three times. Like there, there is plenty of opportunity to talk to us. You can be on the screen with us. You can turn your video off, just talk with audio. You can chat in the chat section. We do try to answer everybody's questions. Everybody gets to know one another. We have a huge community on Discord. You should definitely check that out. Um, it's worth it. Can't tell you that enough. And that's all I'm going to say on it because I know we talked about bunch about it earlier but uh, i just want to say thank you to everybody who joined us here today if you are interested in more about relationships and relationship building we do have a workshop on it that came out in january we cover it for four hours there's a q a section there we cover so much in that workshop it's certainly worth your time yeah absolutely and, and with the uh regarding the similar interests like sometimes we'll get this idea that oh if we just have similar interests then things will be great. Like having similar interests doesn't guarantee a great relationship. Like there's probably lots of people who have similar interests as you. And uh, even I'll reference my last relationship. My ex-girlfriend and I had a lot of very similar interests and it, it's not the thing that does it like just because you have that, just because you have, it seems like, you know, on paper, things will work out great. It's like, there's a lot of depth to people and to, to, mentalities and things and like hobbies and whatnot are a very, very, I don't know, surface level way to measure that. And it's like, just cause you check the boxes doesn't mean it's going to work by any means. And so a lot of times people will get caught up in thinking, creating this idea of like, oh, if they were just like this, then things would be great. There's never that, that never exists. There's never a Oh, if they just, you know, liked three of the same things I do instead of just one, like we'll be together forever and it'll work out. Like that's not the thing that does it. So through letting go of that idea that there's any, you know, superficial sort of stuff that you can link each other through, there there's more attention being paid to the experience that you're having. There's more growth and learning and willingness to let go of some of your own preferences through that and explore that in yourself. For you, but uh, there is no sort of superficial similar interest that's going to create the perfect relationship by any means. Um, so I just wanted to add that on there. But uh, yeah, super excited for the Patreon chat in 18 minutes. Uh, as Ray said, tier one. So it's just five bucks. And they're always a ton of fun. If you have questions, we do our best to address things on Twitch. Uh, we don't always get to everything, but. On Patreon, on the group chats, especially two hour calls, we cover everything, anything anyone wants to talk about. You know, even if you have a topic that isn't an episode and you're like, ah, I want to hear your current take on this, like you can ask us anything. We'll go into literally anything. Basically, nothing is off limits on Patreon whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, super excited for that as always. I wanted to add a quick follow up regarding relationships. Um, very often when we get into relationships, because we're like, woo, I'm in a relationship, whatever our, our, our uh, needs might be that motivated our, uh, us there. If we're working off of need, that's really up to you and, and your awareness level and all that fun stuff. Um, there is this tendency to kind of think 
I should be in a pocket with this person. Like we should be connected at the hip where we're doing everything together and we love it. And we're just we're sharing our life. And I'm just telling you right now, okay. Cherish the things that are just yours. Okay. Because at some point that is going to be where you go to think about your relationship. You should have things that are just yours. It's not that you shouldn't be together. It's not that you shouldn't enjoy your time together. You should never be connected to this person to such a degree where you don't have the time to be by yourself or reflect. You should always remember it's your life and you should respect theirs in the same way. Give them space. Don't go everywhere they go. Leave them alone, okay? Because they're human beings just like you. You don't have to be connected at the hip for it to be a successful relationship. You don't need to do everything together to prove that you love one another. If you're still trying to prove you love one another, that is a problem you should address. That is my final thought on it. You don't need to live in a bubble with this person. It doesn't help anybody any more than it helps you to live in a bubble by yourself, right? It's the same lesson all the time, all the time. Be enough yourself. Enjoy your life. If they'd like to join you, let them do that. Don't demand they do that. If you'd like to join them, do that. Not because they demand it, but because rather it's important to you, for you. It's always the same stuff, but we're going to wrap this up here. Thank you everyone for joining us as we kind of went all over the map in this episode, talking about DU and our intentions and relationships and all kinds of fun stuff. Again, I want to give a quick reminder, if you can support AJ, He would love to come to the Netherlands. We would love to see him there. You can find the link on our Discord or on our website under the events section in our navigation bar. It goes straight to his GoFundMe. We really appreciate it if you can. If you can't, don't worry at all. We just appreciate you being here and watching the show or listening to the show. So that's it for now. We will see you in 15 minutes on uh, Patreon and we appreciate it. Have a fantastic Monday. Bye, everyone.